Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. So my guest today has been here before on Wisdom Talk Radio, and um, she's written another book. I'll tell you who she is in a few minutes. Um, and and as part of that, the book is not out yet. It's coming out very soon. But as part of that, she uh, asked if I would read it, read her book, and if I would write a, um, a testimonial. And so I did. And I mean, delightedly. And I wanted to actually start with what I wrote because it feels really pertinent because my guest today is one of the most courageous people I've ever met. And we've been talking now for uh, 30 minutes before we started, we've hit the record button. And I feel that, you know, yet again, and, and even more so. And not because she climbs the sheer faces of mountains, which I never do, or bungee jumps off rocky cliffs, which I also would never do. <laughs> it's really because she has this in commitment to her own journey, to her own deep personal exploration of, of her life. <laughs> and it shines so brightly that we can't help but be inspired by it. <laughs> We can't help but be inspired to do the same thing. And so when we do that, when we have that kind of commitment to ourselves, what we do is we are standing firmly in the truth of who we are. And that, that ability, that capacity, that willingness really to stand in the truth of who we are is how we collectively come together and create the world that we want to live in. It's how we create the new earth. And she, my guest today, is a leading voice in this wave of change. So stay tuned. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute, home of the quantum connection process. Head there to discover your quantum connection with your inner guidance by taking the quantum connection quiz. We are each designed to connect directly to source differently in our own unique way. But knowing your own style is the first step of aligning with this inner guidance, with your inner guidance at a level that you probably never imagined you could do, or maybe you never even imagined it, it, it was possible. And really when you do that, that is the secret to creating what you truly want in your life. So my guest today is Carrie Hummingbird, Carrie Hummingbird Sammy. She is a medicine woman, mother, and mentor. She is the founder of Inner Medicine Training, a mystery school that shares potent ancient traditions from the Andes and Himalayas for owning your wisdom and living your purpose. She is the number one international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, which I have to tell you guys, has been an international bestseller, <laughs> and maybe it's more now, for over 177 weeks. I mean, that's that. I'm laughing only because that's so unbelievable, and yes, it is true. She's also the author of Love is, Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound, 
which describes the most direct path to self-realization. As the host of Soul Nectar Show, Carrie inspires people to lead their lives wide awake with an authenticity, passion, and purpose that positively impacts others. Carrie is about it all, is about that inner journey and how your own inner journey is part of how you impact the world, part of how you create what it is you want to see in the world. Her newest book to be released on Earth Day of this year, 2023, is Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity. Welcome, Carrie, to Wisdom Talk Radio. Wow, we get to play together again and go deep. Gosh, you you really touched my heart uh, just hearing you say what you said about being inspired um, by my own humble human journey to love myself. Mm. It's been such a pleasure and an honor to be your friend for so long and yeah. to witness you as well in your journey. It's yes. powerful. It's, it's a time. And what choice do we have? We could say, you know, and we know we have choices because we look around and we see people who choose differently and that's okay. And this willingness, this, this journey is probably partly what I want to ask you about first, it, which is about inner medicine and how your own inner journey um, is reflected in what you talk about as inner medicine. Yeah. Well, it made perfect sense to me when it started coming through because, of course, I've been experiencing a lot of external medicine for a long time, right? So I had 20 years on the couch talking about my problems and hoping somebody outside of me knew how to fix that and make it stop. You know, where's the easy button? And how can I how can I stop being in pain and suffering of my own creation? Or how did I even realize it was me doing it to begin with? You know, it took a while to figure all that out. And I was always that person that would ask everybody else what they thought before I would ask myself. Mm-hmm. You know, should I do this? Should I do that? What do you think about this? How did I do this? What do you think? I'd be asking everybody else and, and not really sitting with myself. And so I needed to transition and that external medicine can only take you so far, you know, someone else's medicine, someone else's realization, someone else's um, training can only take you so far. And then you've got to take it the rest of the way. You've got to take it inside and learn how to navigate your own self. And that's inner medicine to me. That's that inner journey that we do learn from each other. We, I have had plenty of teachers. I've had amazing teachers. I, you know, if you look at my website, you'll see all the amazing teachers I've studied with. It's incredible. And yet they couldn't even take me all the way there. Mm-hmm. I had to take myself because that's the truth. We all navigate that inner landscape that nobody else is privy to, but ourselves. We're the only ones that see the whole puzzle, that see the whole, um, that hear all the voices, that feel all the feelings inside the body, that, you know, that have all the reactions um, to different stimuli. You know, we're the only ones that know the landscape of all that or can dive in 
down deep into that landscape of that. And I talk about this in the first part of the book, the, you know, what I, what I call like the, the ocean of eels, you know, the, the sort of, you know, the, the patterns and the, and the voices and the, the beliefs that all sort of swim around in this subconscious terrain inside of you. And you're the only one that can go deep sea hunting, you know, Mm -hmm. to see what's in there. Yeah. And then, and they, if only they would say in the subconscious, but it's the fact that they also come up to the consciousness and we well, they, they, all that judgment and the, the doubt. And, and that's how they, they rear their heads. It's like dolphins, you know, they come up and they go, hi, da, 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 and then they go back down and then you're trying to find them, mm-hmm. you know, to, Hey, would you please stop telling me that? <laughs> you know, so, so there's, you know, the only one that can do that is you. And and I remember um, taking the not feeling pills for about 13 years, hoping that would fix things. And at the end of that period, realizing that it really hadn't fixed anything and mm-hmm. that I still had all the same issues I had before started taking them. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I had more complications because I because those pills prevented me from feeling my feelings. Now I had actually somatic, um, impact to my body in the form of a, of a giant cyst on my right ovary that was there because there was, um, no addressing of the feelings I had. There was no addressing of the anger I had in my marriage. And so it just kept accumulating in the one place that it, in my body that it accumulated, which was my right ovary. Mm -hmm. And so I had this huge cyst, you know, of, of unprocessed anger and resentment that had accumulated there because I refused to feel it. And I tried to hide underneath this pill to not feel my feelings. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that right now. Um, It's really important that we feel ourselves, that we really be present with everything going on inside of ourselves and not try to bypass it Mm -hmm. with a quick, easy solution or some outer medicine. No, like there's, um, there's really grace and beauty in going inside and witnessing all that there is to witness about yourself and being present with it with love and compassion as much as you can muster. And then you get to muster some more, you know, so that becomes your inner medicine and is your willingness to be with it. Okay. And so does that, does that, does that shift the, the stories that we tell ourselves about what we're experiencing? Well, actually, you know, an invitation I always have for everybody that studies with me is to learn about the medicine of spider, because in fact, everything has medicine, right? Jaguar has medicine, the mountains have medicine, plants have medicine, and spider has big medicine in terms of the webs that we weave with our words and the stories that we tell. Mm -hmm. And so when we befriend spider, we start to learn about how to better use our words to create better, more beneficial um, webs that we get spun up in (laughs) because we're going to tell stories anyway. (laughs) We're human beings (laughs) and we're storytellers and we're going to tell stories. So we want to tell better and better and better stories so that we catch ourselves up in beauty and love and grace um, with whatever we're experiencing rather than catching ourselves up in kind of a dark tunnel. So that's up to us is to become better storytellers, better weavers of the word. And it's not to say that um, 
difficult things don't happen. I mean, you and I discussed a bunch of difficult things happening Mm -hmm. in your life and in my life right now. Things that touch our hearts, things that make us feel some, you know, that we feel some grief about things that are challenging. Um, And yet when we use our spider medicine to speak a beauty into that, then the landing is gentle and graceful and soft and we can really bring it all in as, as good medicine for us too. all the things that are happening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing how that changes the whole landscape. And I know that's true. Can you, can you give me an, an example of the way in which someone has worked with that, that someone that you've worked with that has been able to make that kind of mm, do or do that kind of restoring just making up. I, yes, I have I have a lot of people who have been able to do restoring, but rather than tell their stories, I'll tell them myself just uh, for privacy. But um, one of the big ways I that I changed um, my story was through my mother. So, and I think if you just look inside yourself with your relationship with your mother or your father, which one or whichever one has been more challenging, mm-hmm. there's a way in which. Um, when we're younger, the story is based in victimization, right? Because we're small mm-hmm. and we can't do anything about it. We can't, we're tiny, we're dependent. But that story carries forward into adulthood when you actually are not dependent anymore and you actually can take control of your story. And, and I've had so many students in that space of rewiring the story they tell about their parents. Because one of the fundamental things I learned in writing the book, um, Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound, was about how my stories inside my mind created from childhood were obstructing my view of the woman who was my biological mother, who was preventing me from seeing who she actually is. And when I got really courageous to release the whole ball of wax, like all the stories mm-hmm. over and over again, right? Because I couldn't just release it once because it, right. it has legs, you know, yes. yeah. staying <laughs> this, power. <laughs> it has staying power. Yeah. So you got to release it over and over and over. But when you get mm-hmm. determined about that, then I release it to the fire and I give it to the fire and I say, I know this story was born when I was young and of a different mindset and some, some fear and terror from when I was little. So I'm going to rewire that story and I'm going to keep creating potential that there's something new here. And at the other side of that process, it took me three years to write that book. So it was an in-depth process and it definitely took, um, focus and determination Mm -hmm. at the other side of that. Um, the miracle happened and my mom decided, you know, we're, we're wiping the slate clean the same day I decided it. (laughs) And we met for lunch and it's been beautiful ever since. And here's my mom being able to see me as a, as a grown woman and respect and honor me and uh, me able to respect and honor my mom. And that has played out in my life over and over and over again in, in different scenarios. Um, my ex-husband, for example, I mean, just people in my life that were, I thought a certain way about that person. And then the more that I did my work on it, the more that I cleared the energy of those things inside of me, the more the outer shifted to reflect that change in me. So this is, I guide students through this all the time. And some people can do it really quickly because they are able to let go easier. Other people, it takes longer because there's these attachments in identification, how they identify themselves. It's like, 
you have to kind of look if you're attached to a story about somebody being um, your perpetrator, you've got to look and see like, why am I attached? What do I get from being the victim of this person? Mm -hmm. What is it that I'm getting from that? And, and can I release that in favor of a greater gift? Because there is a far greater gift to be had than being someone's victim. So those are the things that I you know, help people to claim for themselves. And in the process of claiming that you get a whole ton of inner medicine, as you can imagine, because you get this ability to be really loving with yourself at the same time as really stern. Like, I love you. And we're not doing this anymore with this story. This story is not productive. This story is hurting us. You get to be that loving parent that guides yourself through mm -hmm. your own awakening process. And on the other side of that is, is all of the capacity, all the potential, all the possibility of what you're here to create, what you want to create. Yeah. And none of that happens until you've reached the threshold of releasing your identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so some of these stories that are really sticky, they're your gauntlet of liberation. You know, that's mm. the base that you're going to go through mm -hmm. to liberate yourself is by releasing that attachment to that story. I love that threshold to liberation. Yeah, it's your threshold. It's like, how much do you want to be free? How much do you want to glide through life? And I'm not saying there aren't challenges because you just heard us say we've had challenges in our lives. People, we love going through things that are hard for us to witness and still really powerful to go through life in this way versus the struggling, um, interfering, manipulating, <laughs> entangled way. I did that too. I, I experienced that and that was hard. Well, and that's why you make such, you are such a great bridge builder because you know that place of having been so entangled. You know the what it takes to to move through that to the other side. And so you can be there with others to as that bridge saying, wait, there's another way. It's not you have to give that up and you do. And this other way is where where your freedom is this other way is where your all that you desire lives yeah and because i've walked the path you know i i always say if you're going to pick a mentor pick somebody who's walked down the deep dark path that you're currently walking you you really want somebody that's done it not somebody who learned about it in a textbook but somebody who's actually full-on lived it gone through it mm -hmm. you know had those dark nights of the soul wanted to die you know and got through it somehow because you want to know how they got through those moments where they didn't want to be here anymore because that is the path when we're actually walking the awakening path you're going to go through those times where you wonder if you're actually going to make it you know there's been times i i've been i luckily i had uh, somebody there checking on me a couple times times of those, you know, um, making sure that I had a reason to get up the next day. And, and after you get through those a few times, you cultivate that inner resilience mm -hmm. and it, you also get to see the smoky mirror more clearly. It's like the smoky mirror is a topic that I talk, I touch on in the book. It's a Toltec, um, teaching basically that whatever you perceive life to be, it's actually like this smoky mirror. And I like to think of it like when you get out of the shower and the mirror is all fogged up, mm -hmm. you can't really see yourself that clearly. That is a good 
example of the smoky mirror. We look at life and we think it seems a certain way, but actually it's like that fogged up mirror. You're not actually seeing the truth. You're seeing a shimmer of truth, but you're seeing a whole lot of stuff in between. Mm-hmm. And anytime that I've ever been suicidal, that mirror has been super fogged up. Like I'm not seeing the truth right now. Right. And, yeah, and so yeah. you just got to know that you're not seeing the truth. <laughs> right. Right. And, and for me, that um, ability to, to know what truth feels like in my own body has, has been life changing. Because it's allowed me when I've felt any other way, which, you know, can be often, um, to know that that's not the truth. And I might not have the capacity in that moment or the ability to to know what is truth, but simply knowing that isn't truth gives me, okay, okay. It it allows me to ask. I want to know the truth. I want to see the truth. I want to, that is what I'm here to do. Because that's where, that's where I feel the love. And when I don't feel the love, I know I'm not seeing the truth. Yeah. And I want to touch on two things. Like, um, one of the things is that when you go through a spiritual awakening, guess what? You're going to go through moments of psychosis. You're going to go through moments of not really knowing what's real and what's not real. Mm -hmm. And so the best way you can support yourself through that is to be very, very grounded with really good spiritual practices for being grounded with mother earth. You want to be very grounded and very practiced in that so that you can just kind of be the witness of it, right? Like what you're saying, Lori, like you can just sit there through the storm Almost like um, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they open the Ark finally and 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 Harrison Ford's like, don't look at it, you know, Mm because everyone that looks at it is going insane and bursting into flames. So you just you just want to be present with yourself, but not believe anything that's going on. Yeah. While it passes, because it's it's literally passing through you. And back to that suicidal thing, like I realized what I was feeling was this, what I was feeling was death. I was feeling death, but that doesn't mean that I needed to commit death. It just meant mm-hmm. death was pulling, pulling through me. Death was coming up through me and out. It was releasing a wave of death. I don't know where the death came from. Maybe it was stuck in my body from another lifetime. I mean, I could make up millions of stories about yeah. that. And it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. It's just the sensation of that death. It's the mm-hmm. sensation of death that's coming up through. Maybe somebody else might say, oh, that was ego death. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's a feeling of death that's coming up through. And so you just stay present to that feeling and allow it to move through you without acting from it. That's the main thing. It's like, just don't act from these, um, from these feelings and you'll just stay present with it. And then the energy can move through freely and then it'll be gone and you'll see the sunshine again. You'll go, Oh, I'm so glad I got through that. Cause now I see the sun shining and the flowers again and the birds chirping and I feel happy and mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm here. And I'm so glad I stayed. Mm-hmm. You'll be so happy that you stayed. You just need to get through those, those moments of release of whatever needs to be released. Because there's always going to be those moments of things that we need to release. And we don't even need to, this is my thing. Um, we don't need to understand them. We think we we have to go in and process them and pull them apart and dissect them. But there's something about that, that, that increases their hold on us. That increases their their stickiness. And that's very, it's a very different place than allowing yourself to look and to see 
and to be the witness. Yeah. It's like, almost like if you take it personally, it'll burrow deeper. And so you, mm-hmm. you don't want to, that's why the four agreements are such a great teaching mm-hmm. because they can help us through all of these sticky little places, right? Like the four agreements, be impeccable with your word. Number one, give yourself good stories, good spider medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't take anything personally. Those feelings of death that come through, don't take those personally. Those are just trucking on through who knows why <laughs> just let them come up and out release you know don't make assumptions like you know don't make it mean anything (laughs) do your best because yeah and do your best because it is hard not to make it mean something because we're meaning makers absolutely (laughs) i mean i I have (laughs) it's a few people that every time we do have a um terrain meditation session which i do twice a week and been doing for seven years that will say, well, I had this experience. Great. Cause we have space in there for people to share their experience. And then they'll say, I don't know what it means. And you can see that doesn't matter up into their head. And like, the only thing that's going to matter is what it means. And the problem with what it means is that that is too, is a story. And, and it's, it's, it's something that you're creating to hold on to in that linear oh, this happened, this means that kind of way. And it it removes you from the experience and it doesn't allow the the experience to become your teacher. Yes, and and watch those moments. You know, I, I have been doing a lot of mastery work around noticing where I flip up out of the flow, out of my heart, out of the moment, the experience Mm -hmm. and into my head where I try to tell a story about it or, and I realize that that is a deflection that actually any time that I'm going into story is deflecting from the experience that I'm having. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting is to use words while staying in the experience. And that's an art (laughs) to be able to stay in the experience with the words and be present with what is birthing through you to be spoken right from your, from yourself, from your capital S self and not flip into the mind story, which is the egoic personality story wants to tell that story up there. And it's so limited. I mean, really it's the choice between that limited. This is what I already know story to the story that's on, as you said, is unfolding through you and, and is, is, trying to be burst if we would only allow it and it just just give a little grace to the human aspect of ourselves this is a lot to ask is to (laughs) hey human can you please be my vessel for really challenging things for the first part of my life and endure tremendous suffering and pain and then surrender yourself entirely to me and let go of all your control so that I can now inhabit you fully and bring you to another place it's a lot to ask yeah and you know, so as a human, the human part of this, you get to also say, hey, that's, doesn't really feel like you're honoring me or I want, you know, I want some more honor or I want some more, some more care. And I want some acknowledgement that of all the things that I've been through on behalf of this collaboration. And I want to feel like you really get me and, you know, 
This is where my, I've had these conversations with my soul and my soul part and my human part come together. And Mm -hmm. from my soul part, I'm always like, why do you so doubt yourself? Because I picked you, I designed you, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like we design our, our human self for the journey. We design that self. We design how, how that self will be. We design it down to the T and and the evidence of that is, you know, human design. You can look at human design and see yourself very clearly reflected in its, in its descriptions. You can look at the gene keys and see yourself very clearly reflected in the map of the soul's curriculum. And so we know our souls designed us exactly to be who we are. And yet it is challenging to be sleepy for the first part and go through all that pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. It is painful, actually. And there's a part that when you're finally releasing control to your larger self, to your capitalized self, is wanting to be honored, wanting really to be honored for the journey. Yeah. There's another piece that strikes me with that, too. And it is when I talk about co-creation, I, I always am talking from on several different levels. But the primary level for me is that partnership with of self personality with self, capital S self or soul self or God or however you want to speak to that. And and in that we as this human being, this human system, we get to to ask for what we need because there, there, there are needs that we as this human body have that the soul doesn't have. And in, and unless we we do give voice to that unless we do um, recognize that it is a partnership and that it's not simply lying back and surrendering. It's surrendering in an active, how do we want to co-create together kind of way? Yeah. And really being clear about like, as a mother, I've had many of these conversations as a mother, because that's where I feel most tender, Mm. most, um, you know, woundable, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I'll say things like, even to my, the souls of my children, I'll say, okay, I understand you're going through your thing right now and I'm really holding space for you. And ouch, ouch. Can we, you know, do we have to go all the way down to the bottom of the barrel? <laughs> Can we simply skirt across and come, cause this is hard on mom and just letting you know, I'm here for you. And it's really bringing me to places that are challenging. And then I'll ask my soul, you know, please help me to really deal with this in a, in a beautiful way so that I'm not dragging myself down further than I need to actually go. Right. Because yeah. of self-recrimination or self-judgment. And so really like asking for all the love and support, like fill me with grace, fill me with forgiveness, fill me with love and gratitude for the journey walked, fill me with neutrality. If I need some neutrality right now to get through this piece, fill me with neutrality, you know, so that I can walk beside my children and watch them go through what they're going through and not need them to stop doing what they're doing. Right. I mean, it's also that it's like, can I be strong enough? Help me be strong. So there's also those moments and, and I think we can, and I've, I've often got what I asked for. I've gotten lots of support and I'll get messages from my soul, uh, the soul of my children 
um, especially one of them will, will come in and talk to me. Hey mom, I know this is really hard on you right now. I'm so sorry. I'm going through this and I love you. And it's going to be rocky for a little bit, but I swear I'm going to come through this. And, and I have these conversations with him. Like, don't you dare leave me. <laughs> don't you dare quit. <laughs> You're sticking it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm and, sticking and it out. So, so are you, <laughs> so are you. Dang it. And I want grandkids. So, you know, give me what I want, (laughs) you know, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a negotiation. It's, you know, you get to say, Hey, I'm in partnership with you yeah, and I am holding space for your journey. And, you know, do you need to take it? Do you actually, where do you actually need to take it? Can we Mm -hmm. just go to where you actually need and I'll meet you there. And, you know, do what we actually need to do. Do we have to push the gas pedal all the way down to the floor? Yeah, and beautifully said. Wow. I, I wish I had talked to you about this a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, I do these I negotiations. Mean, just that, piece, that negotiation, <laughs> like, yeah, just, do we really have to go all the way with this? <laughs> Is it necessary? I mean, yeah. that's that's actually, you know, that's a really good conversation to have with all your aspects and then also any souls that you're collaborating with is, is it necessary? Cause if it's not necessary, if it's just sort of like a joy ride, you know, then I'm going to call you up and be like, mm-hmm. if it's not really necessary, you know, we don't really need to go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you just, because you're and particularly with our children, maybe you haven't, you know, considered that you might not need to go all the way to the bottom of the barrel. You might might be able to get what you need in some other way, in some other fashion or just, you know, in the in this whole um, in this whole journey. And sometimes you do need to go to the bottom so you can push off to the top. I mean, sometimes that is necessary, Mm -hmm. Um, depending on the life work of the person and what they're here to do. You know, sometimes you do have to go all the way down there. And and sometimes not wanting to go all the way down there is not really wanting the heart to be all the way open to that. Right. And so that's Mm -hmm. also work to do the personal work. That's why these these negotiations and conversations are really important. Right. Because yes, because everybody needs to get what they need to get. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So could you talk a little about the importance of stillness? Because that's such a, to me, that's such an essential element of the journey that the capacity to find stillness, create stillness so that we can see, we can plumb the depth of what the richness that is there. Yeah, absolutely. And for anybody listening who got a little lost in our last conversation, it's kind of like, what the heck are they talking about? You know, Um, let's bring it down to a more of a practical level, which is that what conversation that we're having is based in depth, is soul depth. And we're speaking from like a really deep place in ourselves that understands the reality at that landscape of depth. And so it's like a really easy conversation between Lori and I, because we regularly visit those depths together and separately. So we can have that conversation. Anybody else who is following along with us, you're same thing. So if you kind of were not really tapped into that conversation, one thing to look at is how much time do you spend being still? Because what you really want to do is be still, really still and quiet. Um, Meditation, wonderful. There's lots of ways to be still. You can also contemplate. There's been times when I've been 
still, but moving my body and stretching. And even that is stillness because I'm stretching my body and listening to my body and noticing what hurts and what's tight and then moving breath into that part of my body to loosen it up. So you can do active stillness. It doesn't have to be just sitting and like trying to keep your mind quiet. If that's really insane making for you, then don't do that. Do something else. Um, Richard Rudd, if you study the gene keys, um, we use those in all my programs because they're just fascinating, um, really wonderful chunks of frequency work. But if you if you um, listen to his contemplation audios, that's a contemplation that his, he practices the art of contemplation. Contemplation is a whole nother way to be still. You're just kind of listening to something, anything really, and letting it open you to new ideas and dropping you into more of the depths of your being and being present with that. Then you're going to be off on some really interesting exploration within yourself. And that's what you want to do is explore inside yourself. And another way to get into stillness is, um, is if you're uh, just waking up, don't get up right away, hit snooze, mm -hmm. and then just lie there contemplating whatever the last dream was that you had or the last realization inside your dream and try to access your dream again and get back into that dream state and be there for a while and linger there, not falling asleep, but not waking up and linger in that space for a while and hit the snooze again. So that I do that for a while. Like I do that every morning if possible. Sometimes I have to get up and do things right away, but most of the time I'll linger in that space of contemplation and, and discovery inside myself. And that mm -hmm. also produces stillness because it's some way of you understanding yourself. What's the point mm -hmm. of stillness is an inner, inner inquiry and inner discovery is the point of stillness. Yeah. And the more time you spend in there, the more you'll see those eels I was talking about. And the more you'll realize that thoughts come up and then they go down into the depths. And then if you follow them down into the depths, you'll lead to more thoughts that are connected with them. And you'll start to see this whole web within you of thoughts connected to thoughts or patterns connected to patterns. You can start to navigate that. And the more you navigate that, the more you understand why you act the way you do in your waking life. You'll, it'll start to make sense. Mm -hmm. And the deeper you can go with that awareness also means the more you can transform yourself um, through changing one little piece of that, that agreement, you can change a lot of things about your life very quickly. So it's a faster path to transformation often than trying to do it from your mind. If you go down into the depths, you can change things fundamentally that will really radically change your life in a beneficial way just by doing that navigation and changing one little thing. Mm -hmm. And then, bam, the whole picture changes. Because everything is all connected. It's all connected. That level, at yeah. that level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Carrie, is there... Anything else you want to, I mean, well, is there something else, not anything else? Is there something else you might want to speak to from this new book? Yeah, there's so much in the book. Um, one of the things that I really talk about in this book is my own experience of working with my ancestor from six generations ago. 
and he was on the trail of tears. He was Cherokee. And we, um, were connected again through a, a medicine person who, um, kind of flung that soul part right back through my ancestral portal. So those of you who don't know when your ancestral portal is the, is the part in the back of your head where your head connects with your neck, that is your ancestral portal. And so, um, only energies according to your ancestry can go back in through there. So I had like a soul retrieval, but what's interesting is that we're actually, um, Richard Rudd talks about this and it's very fascinating. Talks about how we are, um, fractals, um, ancestral lines are actually fractals of, um, patterns of inquiry. So you'll notice if you actually got your gene keys chart, like back several generations, you start to notice that this, your family system is exploring certain patterns of human consciousness, you know, it's trying to understand like, what is stillness? It's trying to understand what is beauty. And so these patterns just sort of ripple through your family systems. It's very interesting to go back and look and see like, what does your, your family fractal focused on? Mm -hmm. And my family fractal is focused on peace. And so we're, we're here to bring peace. So I had, he was a peace chief, uh, my ancestor. And, um, and so he was been connecting with me through this lifetime because I was awake enough to the timelessness and he was awake to timelessness and I became awake to timelessness. And when that happened, we were able to connect. And now you have this opportunity to learn from your ancestor how to do the things that he just knew how to do, like healing, healing work. So he was teaching me on the inside from the soul retrieval how to do healing work. And now he's a guide of mine, but he no longer does that because I can do it myself. He taught me how to do it. And now I know how to do it myself. And that he just backed off like a, a couple of months ago and was like, you do it. You it's your turn now you can do it you don't need me anymore and I was really nervous the first time I opened sacred space for a healing and I did it all by myself but here I was I was like oh I did I do know how to do it I do know how to call in the four directions I do know how to call on the tobacco I do know how to do this and so he had taught me how to do it from the inside so right now on earth it's really pivotal that we actually do this connection work because there are ancestors six seven generations back for many of us that remember the old ways they remember how to connect with mother earth they remember how to do healing work they remember that we're connected with all the life on the planet they know this as part of their reality mm -hmm. and that reality got stomped out by you know european colonialism but now we have this opportunity through consciousness as we wake up we can reconnect with these aspects of us six seven eight generations back or more and re and connect with these aspects to receive a guidance right in our current incarnation to help us to re, re bring this wisdom forward into this current moment and this helps us bypass a little of the resentment and anger that many indigenous people feel today towards how they were treated by western white um, people. Mm -hmm. And if you're in one of those bodies and you're like, well, I really feel called to shamanism, but I feel like I can't do it because, um, you know, it's appropriation. And I've, and, and I just want to say right now, mother earth tells me very clearly, every single human being needs to reconnect with me now. Every human being needs to reconnect with me now. And if the Lakota won't teach you, then you go to Carrie Hummingbird. <laughs> if somebody, you know, if somebody won't teach you, 
you know, like, um, if people won't teach me how to do it, guess what? I'll get connected with people who will the Carroll people in the Andes mountains, very, very willing to teach us these ways because they know that that now is the time that we must be connected with mother earth. We must be connected and they want everyone to wake up. So I was guided by my ancestors to go study third dimensionally, right in person and physical, Mm -hmm. because that's very helpful to learn in physical. Like it's great what I'm telling you guys about learning metaphysically, but it's also really important to learn physically with another person yes. mm-hmm. it, it's so much is make uh, makes it so much more easy to get these concepts when you do it in person um but i studied down with um the carol people and they taught me so much of what i'm teaching people and they still guide my circles they guide my programs and the carol nation supports the work that i do in bridging this um and so i feel really confident in, in saying you know listen if you're looking for a path to reconnect yourself to your own ancestry and also in a third dimensional way with with guides that can really help you um, to get these concepts, that's what I'm teaching. I'm teaching earth medicine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if it's not me, it's someone else. Look for somebody that can help you get, get a download and don't be afraid to carry a drum. Don't be afraid to carry a rattle. Don't be afraid to call in the four directions. You're not appropriating anything. You are being a human being on the earth and reclaiming your birthright to connect with mother earth. You're reclaiming your birthright to call on the South, the West, the north and the east you're reclaiming your birthright to call on mother earth and all the stones and and the mountains you're calling on your birthright and your ancestors birthright that got stomped out you're calling it back and for those of us who are you know um, from the islands from you know scotland and ireland and and those northern territories we all had um we all had ancestors that knew how to how to talk to the plants And we knew how to connect with the earth. And this is what we're calling forth in ourselves as well through this process. So we're not leaning heavily. We're only leaning on the carol so far as we can get connected back with our own ancestral wisdom, which was broken. Right. And so we're just saying thank you for holding space for us while we bring forward the wisdom of our own ancestry. It's not it's not limited. It's not a tunnel track that you have to be within this space in order for this to be crucial. Yeah. And you're not trying to become a Carol. Like they know that Mm -hmm. they're like, you're not becoming us. We're holding space for you to connect your own ancestry Mm -hmm. and to remember yourself as a child of earth. Because once we all remember ourselves as a child of earth, now we're going to be earth stewards because that's what we came here to be. I mean, everybody knows it in every culture and every religion. They said we were the stewards of earth. We're here to take care of, you know, like Noah's Ark. We're here to take care of the animals and the plants. We're here to be the stewards. It's just that we got waylaid by some false beliefs. So, and some wars and some, you know, lower vibrational human consciousness that we're now moving through to the higher frequencies of homo luminous and homo luminous is God in a body mm-hmm. and homo luminous is earth steward. That's what we came here to be. So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. And uh, yeah, so that, that part of the book's really important actually. And I encourage everybody to, to really consider that. Would you be open to an ancestor of yours who is really steeped in earth wisdom to come forward for you mm-hmm. and to teach you from the inside out how to do this? Cause they're in your body. They're right there. And, and you don't necessarily need a, a Cherokee medicine man to fling it through your, your ancestral portal. <laughs> you know, you I could try. Be open. 
Yeah, but it could just happen spontaneously mm-hmm. because yeah. in your DNA is all your ancestry. So what if you awakened in your DNA access to an ancestor mm-hmm. who knows all that kind of healing work and working with the medicines of the earth and could come alive for you right here, right now and teach you. Take a deep breath, everybody. Breathe that in, breathe in what Carrie is saying and, and feel it, feel it for yourselves, feel it, feel into it to see, does this have any resonance? Can you, can it, does it, does it tingle in some way that you go, what is that? I don't know. Cause you don't have to know, but there's something, there's some thread to follow. And maybe the next thing that you do is you go get Carrie's new book, Inner Medicine. Because that might be a place to start to be able to to relate to this um, and to take your place. Carrie, thank you so much for being here with us today and all that you have shared. I really thank you so much for you and I love you. I love you, too. And I appreciate you and big hugs for everybody out there. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Ah, And thank you to everybody out there. It really doesn't even feel like out there. It feels sort of like you're in here. here. Yeah. And thank you for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. And remember to join us here regularly for more discovery, wisdom, and illumination. And also know that you can find us on all the places, all your favorite places to listen to podcasts. And we're also on YouTube, so you can get to watch us on YouTube. And if you've enjoyed listening today, please subscribe and leave us a review because that is what helps the rest of the world who haven't yet discovered these things and who are looking. It helps them to access this kind of wisdom and transformation. And for more about how to thrive with your inner guidance, Take the Quantum Connection Quiz now. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.